Hello, this is Anna from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 23rd of June. India reported over 50,000 new coronavirus cases today, crossing the 3 crore mark. The death toll has increased by 1,358, taking the total fatalities to 3.9 lakh. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. The centre yesterday classified the Delta Plus strain of the coronavirus as a variant of concern. This came hours after Health Secretary Rajesh Bhushan and Niti Aayog member VK Paul said it was only a variant of interest. A variant of concern has the highest threat perception among other coronavirus variants because of its increased transmissibility and infectivity. However, Dr. Sashang Joshi, a member of Maharashtra's COVID-19 task force, said there is not sufficient data yet to be alarmed about the Delta Plus variant. In Pune, Hindustan Times reported that scientists from the National Institute of Virology have found the deadly Nipah virus antibodies in two species of bats in Maharashtra's Mahabaleshwar for the first time. Covaxin is 77.8% effective against COVID, according to data provided by Bharat Biotech. Phase 3 trial results of the jab were submitted to the Drug Control General of India and on Tuesday, a subject-expert committee of the Central Drug Standard Control Organization reviewed and accepted the data. The data has not been published in a peer-reviewed journal yet. However, Bharat Biotech can now approach the World Health Organization for emergency use listing of its vaccine. Meanwhile, according to the Washington Post, Brazilian federal prosecutors have begun an investigation into alleged irregularities in the Brazilian government's contract with Bharat Biotech to buy 20 million doses of Covaxin. The Prosecutor General's office cited comparatively high prices, speedy talks and pending regulatory approvals as red flags for the Bharat Biotech contract signed in February. British-Swedish pharmaceutical company AstraZeneca said its vaccine worked against the Delta and Kappa variants of COVID-19, which were first identified in India. The Kerala government today further eased the curbs in the state while warning people about the dangers of a possible third wave of COVID-19. As per the state government's notification, all government institutions and banks in Category A and B areas will be allowed to operate with up to 50% employees, while government institutions in Category C areas will operate with 25% capacity. Places of worship can also open, allowing a maximum of 15 persons at a time. At the global level, according to Johns Hopkins University, the coronavirus disease has infected over 179 million people and killed more than 3.88 million since the pandemic broke out in December 2019. The Uttar Pradesh government yesterday directed the state police to trace those involved in religious conversions and invoke provisions of the National Security Act against them. According to the Indian Express, this came a day after the anti-terrorism squad arrested two clerics from Delhi for allegedly converting more than 1,000 people to Islam in the state. The two clerics, identified by the police as Mufti Kazir Jahagir Alam and Muhammad Umar Gautam, 
ran an organization named Islamic Dawa Center with their associates. The police alleged that for the past one and a half years, they had been involved in large-scale religious conversions. Enacted in 1980, the stringent NSA empowers center and state governments to detain those acting in a manner prejudicial to the defense of India or threatening public order. The UP government also instructed the police to invoke Uttar Pradesh Gangsters and Anti-Social Activities Prevention Act against the accused in religious conversion. It is important to note that last year, the Allahabad High Court had warned the state government to use the NSA with extreme care. Uttar Pradesh is one of the prominent BJP-governed states to have enacted anti-conversion laws to penalize love jihad, a Hindutva conspiracy theory that accuses Muslim men of luring Hindu women to marry them with the sole purpose of converting to Islam. At News Laundry, we have extensively reported on the bogey of love jihad from BJP-led states like UP and Madhya Pradesh. In one of our reports from UP's Muradabad last year, my colleague Nidhi and I met with an interfaith couple who had been charged under the new anti-conversion law. Both Rashid and Muskan repeatedly stated that their marriage and the woman's conversion were consensual. Yet they became the first interfaith couple to be held under the state's love jihad law. While Rashid spent two weeks in jail, Muskan miscarried at a women's shelter home. You can read our detailed report on our website. It is titled Muradabad Love Jihad: What Killed Muskan's Child. You can also check our other reports on the issue under the section Love Jihad Myth Versus Reality. While you are there, you can also check our exclusive reports from Ayodhya, in which my colleagues Ayush and Basant dug out details on the Ram Mandir Trust's curious land deals. Last week, they reported on how land was sold by the Ayodhya's mayor's nephew to the trust at a price 12.0 times higher than it was bought. And yesterday, in their latest report, Ayush and Basant found that an internal inquiry ordered by the Ayodhya administration. showed that this land is actually owned by the government read their report on our website it is titled exclusive land sold to ram temple trust by bjp mayor skin is owned by government inquiry finds listeners there are several stories and issues that either get buried or are ignored by the mainstream media they need more courage conviction and perseverance to be reported and also demand resources and time At News Laundry we are able to investigate these stories further because we are powered by our subscribers. It is because of your belief in keeping the news free and independent from governments and private corporations that allows us to bring stories that matter to you. We not only bring you ground reports but also media critiques, analysis, podcasts, webinars and much more. Small organizations such as ours can only grow more if we have your support. So if you truly believe in what we do, then contribute to our ad-free subscription-based model. Subscribe to News Laundry today by clicking the subscribe button on the top right-hand corner of our website. Our subscription starts at rupees 300 a month only. A special national investigation agency court yesterday granted a clean chit to activist and MLA Akhil Gogoi 
in one of the two cases filed against him related to the anti-CEA protests in Assam in 2019. Scroll reported that since another case against Gogoi is pending, he will continue to be in judicial custody. Of the two cases that Gogoi was charged with, one was filed at the Chabua police station in Assam's Debrugarh district. The other was registered at Chanmari police station in Guwahati. Gogoi, along with two of his associates, was cleared in the Chabua case. The NIA took over the cases in 2020 and added multiple charges, including under the UAPA. While acquitting Gogoi, Special NIA Judge Pranjal Das said, and I quote, I do not find a prima facie case for the purpose of framing charge to hold him personally criminally liable for offences of writing, unlawful assembly causing damage to the property, causing hurt to public official on duty, unquote. In December 2019, Gogoi was jailed for leading a protest against the CAA outside the Deputy Commissioner's office in Jorhat. According to NDTV, Gogoi, who led more than 60 organizations in the anti-CEA protests, had a total of 12 cases filed against him across Assam. A police officer identified as Inspector Parvez Ahmed Dar was shot dead by suspected militants in front of a mosque on the outskirts of Srinagar yesterday. Dar was part of the Jammu and Kashmir Police's Criminal Investigation Department. According to Hindustan Times, Dar was attacked in Menganwaji Naugam area while he was returning home after offering prayers. A video of the incident showed two assailants firing at Dar from behind. He died on his way to the Sri Maharaja Hari Singh Hospital in Srinagar. Meanwhile, the police said that the investigation in the matter is still underway. In other news from Jammu and Kashmir, its former Chief Minister and People's Democratic Party President Mehbooba Mufti told Hindustan Times yesterday that political parties in Jammu and Kashmir want the erstwhile state special status restored. She also pointed out that they will not settle for anything less. Mufti's remarks came two days prior to the centre's meeting with Kashmiri political parties in Delhi. Since the abrogation of Article 370 in 2019, the meeting will be the Narendra Modi-led government's first major outreach to Kashmiri political leaders. The Delhi High Court today refused to stay the notice issued by the Competition Commission of India to Facebook and WhatsApp regarding the probe into WhatsApp's new privacy policy. On 24th of March, the CCI had ordered a probe into WhatsApp's updated privacy policy for breaching the antitrust law, following which, on 4th of June, the CCI had issued a notice to the two social media platforms. On Monday, Facebook and WhatsApp urged the Delhi High Court to put on hold the CCI's June 4th notice. They had also urged the court to issue directions to authorities concerned not to take any coercive action against them till the next date of hearing. The court on Monday had reserved its order on the plea. However, a vacation bench of Justices Anup J. Bhambani and Jasmeet Singh noted that the issuance of the 4th June was perfectly in line with the procedure contemplated under the statute for taking forward an ongoing investigation. Earlier on 22nd of April, 
the single bench of Delhi High Court had dismissed Facebook and WhatsApp pleas challenging the CCI order for its probe into new privacy policy. The next hearing is scheduled for 9th of July. Two persons died and 16 were injured in a blast in the eastern Pakistani city of Lahore today. The explosion occurred at a short distance from Lashkar-e Taiba founder Hafiz Saiz's residence in Johar town in Lahore. According to Hindustan Times, several women, children and a police official were among the injured. The injured have been shifted to Jinnah Hospital. The Punjab Emergency Service, also known as Rescue 1122, who are carrying out rescue services at the location said that more injuries are expected. Lahore Police Chief Gulam Dogar told local news organizations that although the incident appeared to be a bomb blast, investigations were underway to determine the exact nature of the explosion. Saeed has for long had a residence in Johar town. However, he is currently in jail in Lahore after he was arrested and convicted last year in a string of cases related to his involvement in terror financing. According to The Guardian, around 5,000 civilians in the northwest of Syria have been forced to flee from their homes after government shelling targeted the Idlib area in Syria over the last weeks. Since the beginning of June, at least 31 people have died after Bashar al-Assad's forces hit civilian buildings in southern Idlib province. The buildings included a hospital, displacement camp school and a white helmets headquarters. The violence over the last three weeks is the latest in violation of a ceasefire deal by Turkey and Russia in March 2020. It was aimed to save the area from a brutal regime that had already forced one million people to flee. Listeners, I would like to extend my apologies for yesterday's episode numbered 763, where I misspoke the word recused as rescued regarding a Supreme Court's judge recusal from hearing petitions in relation to the Narda bribery case. We deeply regret the inconvenience caused. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe and hold on during these distressing times. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.